Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2 Learning, the greatest community of educators around. Well Played is part of the On Podcast Media Network, so definitely check out all the podcasts there. So let's dive in. This is Season 5, Episode 28, and I am excited. I have a guest with me today. Today we have Adam Moeller and the two of us are discussing the idea of getting ideas off the bench, right? We got to get them into the courts of our classrooms and put those great ideas into practice. Uh, But before we get too far, I would love it if Adam, you introduce yourself to those who are new to the well-played community and this is the first time they're hearing you. Uh, Michael, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm Adam Moeller. I uh, teach eighth grade American history um, in New, well, around Cincinnati. If I say New Richmond, no one knows where that is, but, uh, but New Richmond is a small town um, along the Ohio River, about 20 minutes from Cincinnati. It's where I graduated from. It's where I grew up and now I'm back there teaching. So that's awesome. You and I have like a similar, similar kind of thing going on. I, I teach uh, in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and I live, I have since, I don't know, four years ago, moved back to my hometown, which is about 20 minutes outside Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's a good life. It's awesome. Yeah. And I believe you're, you didn't, don't you have ties to Cincinnati as well? Yes, I went to Xavier University um, yeah. for my undergraduate, absolutely loved it, and loved mm-hmm my years there i mean that's a fun city with the with kentucky right there and like kind of going over the river and you know doing all sorts of fun things back then you could get reds tickets in the like upper upper deck for two bucks two bucks and a hot dog like they threw it in they were like just come no one's coming so and now they bumped it up i believe it's i want to say it's five bucks now (sighs) dang darn inflation yeah So. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, when we connected to do this episode, you know, we were sitting around. I got to tell everybody, and we were kind of like, "What should we talk about? What What should Adam and I talk about?" And I I came up with this idea because I have to say, Adam is a type of teacher. For those of you that don't know him, uh, definitely kind of a if you ask me, a must follow. And your handle is at molar thirty thirty one. Uh, yes. So definitely follow him because one of the things that I just think you do so well is this idea of taking something new, taking like whatever you read about it. It's a blog, it's a book, it's a website, whatever. You take those new ideas and you're so good, at least from an outside perspective, putting them into play kind of right away. And, and I and I know this somewhat for a fact on the EMC2 resources. We'll put some stuff up. And like we haven't even put it in our newsletter yet. Like most people, unless you're checking the site daily, like might not even know that we released a new thing. And then it's like two days later on Twitter, you're like, just tried the new EMC2. And it's like, that's been up like a day and a half. Like, <laughs> and it's already in play. And I just think we'd all, we'd all probably be served by being reminded of the fact that like getting those ideas out there is what it's all about. Yeah. I, I, well, one, like what drives me is, is just student engagement. Right. And 
It's a good drive. Yes, and it, it's like I want the I want the students in my class to be learning. I want them to be happy. I want them to be just involved with history. And so your site, as well as the Edge of Protocols I run, I mean, number one, I mean, I, I think they blend so well together. Nice pairing. Uh, yeah, they, they, they truly are. And, and so it, for me, it's like, well, I did this this way last year, but I'm going to try out this EMC to learning thing, or I'm going to try out this, maybe I can blend this edge of protocol with this. And I, I, in the end, it's like, yeah, you know, I just want these, I just want my students working with history and learning history and, um, and, and, and at the same time, you know, social studies gets the bad rap of being boring. Right. And so it hurts. I'm making a yes. face right now. People in the podcast world, there's a face happening right now. Yeah. Sad. And, 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 and actually, you know, I, I shared a student quote with you before the show even started. I was thinking to this last year, I heard a kid say, he, he told me, he goes, Mr. Moeller, you probably have the hardest job in this school because you teach social studies. And you're trying to, that's what, that's what he told me. He said, you teach social studies. You probably have the hardest job in this school because let's face it, it's just not exciting. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, but you make it exciting. You do an awesome job making me want to come to this class. And, and, and so that's where I give credit to you and me trying new things. I feel like I have to constantly try new things for that student engagement. So, no, I mean, <laughs> as a fellow history teacher, uh, I mean, right. History does have that rap of, you know, kind of the Bueller, Bueller, <laughs> right. I mean, just yep. kind of the rote memorization and trying to make important these things that are so long and so distant from the current moment. Uh, but <laughs> I, I honestly think that history, obviously we are like two history nerds and we absolutely love yes. our jobs and we obviously know it's importance, but I like to think in the school setting, I think a social studies as like, what is it? The type O blood that like can, can work with all other bloods, mm -hmm. right? Like, Social studies is kind of that perfect thing that I just think can put together everything, right? We have the critical thinking of a math class. We have kind of sometimes the organization and attention to detail of a science class. They obviously have to communicate and write, you know, so we have that of an English class. We literally like put all the skills together in mm -hmm. social studies. And then obviously, because I love social studies, they're all true stories. Right, like, yeah, like no offense to an English class, but like we have amazing real stories. Like, let's mm -hmm. let's talk about the real stories that happened. Yeah, and I want to say you, I, I feel like you just threw out the four C's right there: the create, oh, yeah. critical thinking, communicate, collaborate, and yep. and that's again that ties into the student engagement that that drives this idea of let's just try stuff. You know, let's. And, and part of this too is, and, and I think people that know me really well will, will um, um, agree with me on this. I'm, I'm actually pretty self-deprecating. I feel like what I do is not the best and I, I want to achieve better. I want to learn how to be better. And, and again, we were talking about this before the podcast that, that, that we, we, 
we, we need to keep finding better in, in different ways. And so yep. I'm going to keep trying stuff until I find it. And obviously if something works, I'm not going to mess with it, but <laughs> I'm going to tinker with it. But yet I've also, I've rarely found stuff that works over and over year to year. And, um, and so that's why I'm always, you know, trying these new things. Uh, so I guess as we pick that as our topic here, this getting those mm-hmm. new ideas off the bench, mm-hmm. I, one, I want, I want to let everyone know that I have not always been good at that. I mean, I am somebody that, um, for a long time in my teaching career, I would take new ideas, good ideas, good lessons. I'll go to a conference and you'll get a great history simulation. And you know that's going to be a winner, right? Simulation days are always the best. Mm-hmm. And I'd put them in my like little idea, whatever, purse or whatever, backpack. And I would use them. I'm not going to say that I wouldn't use them. But I'd almost like spread them out like throughout the year. You know, it's kind of like I'm going to save these little moments of joy, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> then I realized like, do you know how many good ideas there are out there? There's like a bajillion of them. That's not even mm-hmm. a word. That's not even a mathematical term. <laughs> but like there are more numbers than there are words. So at some point all words become numbers, right? Is that, that, yeah. I think that's a true statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so nonetheless, uh, I stopped doing that. And I started doing kind of what I think you do so well. Like you get a new idea and it's like, when is the first moment I can fit this new good idea in and put it in play? ASAP because the mm-hmm. reality is I mean there's just so much I like I know on EMC2 I was just John and I were talking about it if I just wanted to do EMC2 things every day the whole year there are not enough days in the year like mm-hmm. like I could literally stop creating for EMC2 because there is there's already too much for any one school year yeah uh, so, so I was I was going to say that that Friday I did the uh, the twelve topic stitch up. All right, so that that new idea on EMC uh, to learning there, which I believe you were like the first person to put it in play outside of John or I. All right, so so this uh, this was my Friday morning. Okay, all right. I got to school. I usually get to school at like sometime between five forty five six in the morning. I get to school. And I already had a digital breakout ready to go. I put together a breakout over the American Revolution. I had my lockbox, my codes, my Google form, everything ready to go. And I sat there and looked at it. And I said, I wonder what's on EMC to learning. And so then I I went to the site. I saw the new thing down at the bottom, the 12 topic stitch up. I went, what's that? And so I open it up. I'm like, okay, this looks really cool. Because I feel like over time, like like, what's that law? Is it the law of diminishing returns? Is sure. that what that's called? Where yeah. you do something enough, then you don't really get the same like happiness out of it, right? Hundred percent. So I so I feel like I felt like in a way my digital breakouts were going in that direction, and so I saw this and I sent an email out. Who has the game operation that morning? <laughs> Just sent it out that morning. And, and I, I, here's the thing I love about my school. You send an email out, people are on it. Like we are all working together. It's cool. Someone found the game operation for me at the, at the high school across the street. They sent it over. I come back to my room. There's operation sitting on the desk. I type my 12 topics in. Boom. 
kids come in, Mr. Muller, we don't want to break out. Went, no. And instead I had the, the, um, what's that, what's that, that show ER. And yep. I had the ER theme song playing on a 28, 30 minute loop on YouTube. Nice. When they were walking in, they're like, what are we doing? I'm just, are we doing the breakout? Is this the breakout? I'm like, no, we're not doing a breakout. We're doing a 12 topic <laughs> stitch up. And that was my Friday morning. And I, I'm, I'm like, we're, we're doing this. We have to do it. And it ended up being one of the best Fridays ever. That's crazy. Like that right there, everyone listening, that's like the, the, I mean, you're a champ. I mean, the embodiment of putting something new in play. He had his lesson. So we're not even talking about when's the next day he needs a lesson. He had it. <laughs> he had a very actually complicated lesson, right? I mean, yes. building a breakout takes time. <laughs> One, one that I spent a couple hours putting together. <laughs> yep, and you were like, ah, I, I, "I'm gonna try a new thing," and I, I love that. And you know, and you add new tools into your like you grow, right? And I think yes. as educators, we're standing in front of kids talking about lifelong learning, talking about growth, talking about talking about talking about, but not to throw anybody else under the bus. But like, how much do we do that? You know. And, and it's so good. It feels good. I love to learn like, but I guess for a long time I was a little like in my own head, you know, like a little, like, I don't know. I don't want to say like nervous, but you want to tell yourself I'm good. I'm a master educator, whatever. And so I, I don't need a new thing, but it's like, yep. But yeah, you do. Like if you're not, if you're not growing, if you're not evolving, like, I don't know if you should be in this space. Yeah. I, you know, that, that going back to that Friday story, the first time I ran that, I, I ran it during second bell mm -hmm. and I thought, man, this is going to go great. Well, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'm going to be totally honest. Second bell, it, it did not go great. The 12 topic stitch up and I easily could have, I, I'm not, I was kind of frustrated. Right. Mm -hmm. And I could have easily canned it and went back to my breakout. But I, I thought to myself, I'm like, you know what though? Like, I really like this and I, I think there's some power in this and I love how it's forcing kids to make these connections between these ideas. It's only reinforcing what we've learned for the last couple of weeks and it's fun. And I thought, all right, when fourth period comes along, here's how I'm going to tweak this a little bit and make it better. And so I did and it went, it went like 10 times better. And then I thought to myself, all right, this could still be better. And so I tweaked it fifth bell and it went better. And then I finally tried something different during sixth bell and it went even better. And then I'm like, all right, I found it. I have something, I know how to run this in the future. Now I have something I can do, you know, every Friday or every couple Fridays or whatever. Sure. But, you have a yeah. new, like you have a new ace in your deck. That's pretty awesome. Yes. Yes. So. And well, I love that story because truly that's the other thing. You have to remember back when we all did actually try to learn things, it is about the iterative process. It is about putting it out there, being reflective of what you put out there, but still being confident enough to know you're headed in the right direction, to not like abandon the, the, the try of the new. Like it is about polishing that up and some new things, if you took the time to polish it up, could maybe surpass the old thing or like you said too about the longer diminishing return you know like i don't know if 
this is all you did, if this is now the thing that you did in your class, like it would cease to have the pop and the sizzle. But yeah. like, if this is a thing you toss in every other unit, like that, it, that is good for them too. Cause now they understand how to approach this. They might strategize around it. In fact, that next two, three times you run it, it might even be better for them personally. Mm-hmm. But like, it is about rotating. And I think about the power of divergent thinking. Like we want to give kids experiences in which we do change the game up on them. If all we ever do is run Kahoot every week, or if all we do is Gimkit, talk about law of diminishing return, like especially because everyone's using those. So like you're actually competing against other classes that have already used those. Exactly. Yep. And and I, I'm glad you brought that point up because you know, I remember when I first started and I don't know why I thought of this, when I first started using Flipgrid like four or five years ago, like you know, that was the thing. That was cool. Like, hey, we're recording ourselves. We're watching other people and then everyone started using it and then it just lost its flair and the same thing with kahoot everyone started using it and it lost its its flair and its use in a classroom and so it's super important and i think that's that's one of the the that's an art in teaching is being able to understand that and being able to switch up what you do and and, and just having this feel for all right maybe this is getting old or maybe I need to, you know, with my breakout, maybe I need to come up with better clues or, or more um, in-depth clues in, in some way. Um, but, but it's super important, though, as teachers for us to, to have that feel and have that reflection of, all right, you know, this, this might have been cool a year ago, but right now, in this moment, maybe it's not. And well, so I think- being able to, 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 to mix it up a little bit. I mean, fair point, but I, uh, one thing I want to ask you too is I, I sometimes wonder, sometimes my best lessons are my newest, you know, ones, not necessarily because the idea themselves are better than a previous one. I mean, we were talking before the show that I've been at my current job 14 years, like same position, yeah. same subject, same grade, mm-hmm. uh, and there are some lessons that like I still do from like, I don't know, at least the last six, seven years. Right. So that thing's been polished up seven times, eight times. Yeah. Uh, But I'm telling you, sometimes the new idea is better. Not, not because it's legitimately better, but because I'm sort of more enthusiastic about it. You know, it's like, Hey, this intrigues me. I, I now have to sort of metacognate on what's happening. I have to pay attention a lot more because like you said in your story, you needed to tweak it a little bit. You needed to make yeah. it your own a little bit. But for that mm-hmm. to happen, you had to be aware and you were a little excited and you were like, I'm going to try this new thing. If we're running the breakout, which is good at pedagogy, I like breakouts yes. a lot. Yeah. But if, but you know what I'm saying? You kind of go a little more on autopilot because like, I know breakouts, I've ran this, I get what's happening. And like, yeah. and I think there's that in our own bodies, there's that less spirit, right? You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I get a little addicted to trying the new thing because it puts me in a different a different space. Yeah, new frame of mind. Yeah. You know? It's it, refreshing, uh, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And and um oh, oh my goodness, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. Well like this <laughs> like I just think about the skill of learning. Like mm-hmm. it feels good, like it is a natural thing we do, but again as a adults 
Like we don't always put the time into that, you know, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, but I am like horribly biased here. I am a PD junkie. Like I, yeah, that is my hobby is to, I'm in the middle of reading like three books on how to teach better. And I think I do a very good job teaching and I'm still reading three books on how to teach better. And and that's, that's exactly how I am. I go between all these books and take all the, like I was at one time I was reading your fully engaged book and then I had an instructional coaching book and then I had these cognitive strategies book and yeah, I was bouncing between all of them and now I'm on a literacy strategies and social studies book and, and so I think I'm that all over the map. I think like professional development parkour is an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Like if, cause again, going back to that divergent thinking, actually reading several of those at the same time, you're then able to see some connections that maybe even those authors themselves didn't see because they were only steeped. Like, right. Like we were writing fully engaged. We're reading and writing and doing things about fully engaged. We weren't necessarily thinking about, uh, literacy strategies. Could some of our work be applied to literacy strategies? hundred percent. But if you're reading those at the same time, you actually in that moment are more the expert than John and I, and then whoever the literacy author is because you at that moment have the best knowledge we could give you about engagement strategies and the best knowledge that other author could give you about uh literacy strategies but you might be one of the only people that have read those in close proximity to each other and you might come up with a new idea of where it's like oh use like their text quest or their progression mechanic with what she's talking about literacy and and so and, and it's funny you bring that up because that's that's what I, I did within the last week. So now I'm going to switch gears and go to Edge of Protocols now. Yeah, <laughs> and, do it, do it. And, and so I was I was reading this literacy strategies book, and one of one of the strategies was this main idea strategy where student one or we, the students partner up. Student one reads to student two as student two takes notes on who, what, when, where, why, things like that. And then student two reads and student one takes notes. And so I paired that up with in eight parts, but I also paired it up with a cyber sandwich where students naturally work together and discuss what they just read. So I'm like, oh, this fits perfect. And I never would have had that idea. And I never would have paired those ideas up had I not read that book and had I not been, you know, doing some cyber sandwich just basic edge of protocol stuff. And surprisingly, the eighth graders did it very well. And I love and it. And, and I love how like with the cyber sandwich and the note taking part, like that, that who, what, when, where listing for it um, really helped organize their thoughts. And then that created a nice discussion of, all right, what'd you get? What'd you get? All right. Then they helped each other fill in notes. So, it was great. That's awesome. I like that you, so again, in, inspiration to those of you out there listening, when you make default change, right? If, if that's just, I mean, that is the gear Adam is stuck in, is change. Uh, I mean, your comment there, your story there, you, you like, you didn't even notice that you glossed right over. You're like, I'm just doing basic cyber sandwich and I'm just going to connect to this other thing. And then we're just going to, you know, marry the two and it's, it worked. But like your comment about basic cyber sandwich, like 
to somebody else, they haven't, you know, like the last time they got kind of like new pedagogical ideas was when they were in teacher training and the occasional book were asked to read. But like a lot of times those books, people don't put them in play, right? Like this is the whole point of this podcast. How can we bring ourselves to get to your point where you can kind of passe say like, oh, I was doing the kind of a low hanging fruit one. Yeah, but like you did it. Like you did it and you've done it so much that it's low hanging fruit to you that it's like, well, yeah, that one, that one doesn't even count as a protocol. Like that's not even a thing. And you're like, but somebody else, they, they would be like getting out the notebook and say like, how do I do a cyber sam? What is the step one? How do I, what's step two? What's step three? How do I grade a cyber sam? Right. Yeah. But like who to you, it's like, that's like breathing. Yeah. And, and let me, and I know we talked about this before and I, I love how you mentioned that, you know, teachers are looking at, all right how do I grade this? Or like how many minutes do they read the first time? How many do they read yeah. the second time? And I, I think sometimes as, as teachers, and I, it, I guess it's just a teacher thing, I guess, but <laughs> I think we get caught up in our ways and we have to do things in a certain way based on this book that we're reading says we have to do it in a certain way. And it's like, no, just, just, you know, if you want to try it that way, then yeah, that's great. But do what works for your students, right? Do what works best for your class and, and your students. And, and, and that's kind of what I love about the edge of protocols. And that's what I love about the resources on your AMC to learning site is, is I can fit that to the needs of my students and yet keep them engaged in the learning process as well. Yeah. And, and I think that's super important is, is, is do what's best for you. Don't do what's best because a book tells you to do what's best, right? So do what's best for you and, and your students. So. Yeah, I think that we need, I don't know. So one, I subscribe to the philosophy that teaching is an art. Like, yes, that's, that's where I'm at. And I'll just admit that on this podcast. But uh, with that said, like there is, it's, you are then an artist if, if that is a true statement. Yes. So don't worry so much about you're not painting by number like right that's that's mm -hmm. not how it's going to work. So be responsive but also cut yourself a little slack. Like cuz it's not a science there is no moment in like a course that's truly a make or break moment. Mhm. Mm Right? Like, it's not like, ooh, Adam didn't show up on the day that I taught everything that they need to know about world history. Like, that that day doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. because learning isn't a science. There isn't like, oh, he missed this little chit. And by missing this chit, he's going to be screwed for the rest of his life. Like, yep. so, if not, so if we can admit that, if that's true, if that's like a fallacy, that that exists, then why do we put our pressure, that much pressure on ourselves that like, we have to like, do this happens a lot with emc2 things we'll be uh doing like a pd and there'll be teachers that want it to the like myopic letter of the law and john and i are like yeah i mean like here's the rules the way we set it up but like guys like there are like a thousand ways like that stitch up john and i when we were making that stitch up we thought of like a million other ways we run it and i have run some of the alternative ways to do it that is a way to do it but we've given you enough of it that like that will work but so would like 20 other ways to do it 
Exactly, and that, and that's the beauty of all this stuff is there's not one way to do it, and 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 here's here's the other thing too is just try it out, just take something and try it out. I mean, if you're not going to mess up a student's reading, you're not going to mess up their math scores. Students will continue to read next year. They will continue to do math. They will continue to do science. Just try something out. Just try some out. I I mean I love it. I almost think we should. I mean, here here's the challenge. For those of you still listening on the podcast, here's the challenge. Maybe in the next week, put a new thing in play. Could be an edgy protocol, could be an EMC2 thing, could be something you read on a blog post. But here's the catch. For those that want to do the challenge, you can't do it as written. You have to make some tweak. Make it your own. Do that because like I think that would get you closer to the spirit of who Adam is, right? That'll get you closer to thinking like I can do this. I can put these things in play and it isn't about like oh he said everything's worth 5 points so I better make sure I remember it's 5 points. It's 5 points for like who cares? Make it 7 points. Make it 15 points. Terrible with numbers, make it 1 point. Like I don't like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean there are reasons we choose what we choose, but like it does not super break the game or the experience. And, and let me throw this out too: don't be afraid to learn from your students as well, because uh, and get new ideas from them. Um, I just used a Netflix template as their as an assessment piece for their American Revolution. Mm-hmm. And my one class loved it so much; they said, "Hey, Mr. Mueller." When we're done with, and, and like, and like, part of me is like, oh man, I love this Netflix, but I want, I don't want to use it week to week, right? That's the thinking in my head, because again, the law of diminishing returns. I don't want them to get bored with this. However, they just threw out there. They said, hey, Mr. Mueller, we love this. When we're done with the Enlightenment and Declaration of Independence, can we make it like season two of our series we just created and do and and make. Continue. And use it again and continue it. I'm like, that's a brilliant idea. Sure. I love that. And I said, do you guys truly want to keep doing it? And they went, yes, we like this. And I and I thought, I, I never would have thought of that in a million years because my own thinking got in the way. And I thought there's no way they would want to do it again. But they well, requested it. You were being responsive to your kids. That your Your instinct might be right. You could do that mm-hmm. same thing next year. Mm-hmm. And your class could be like, oof, thank good that project's over. I liked it, but oof, what's the next thing? Yeah. But but the fact that you also were able, you're willing to pivot. And again, this gets into that mi- mindset of like, are you comfortable doing those things? And you have yeah. built a habit of change where mm-hmm. you're literally like, I still can't believe that Friday story. <laughs> you know, like you were set to do Friday. And yep. you were like, who's got, who's got operation? I'm doing this thing I just found. Same thing, a kid tosses out hey i want to continue this and you were like all right that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna do next unit yeah. like that that flexibility is awesome for your kids and i think that flexibility is awesome for you as an educator mm-hmm. and and that's and that's part of the reason that I, I i keep all these tools in my pocket just uh just to have that flexibility and and i think that's what edge of protocols gives to teachers and i think that's what your site gives to teachers and and it's a beautiful thing i love it i appreciate the the kind words we are at reflection time 
Haven't had one of those in a while because I've had yeah. a bunch of solo episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you you ready for today's quote? Let's go for it. All right. It's by Lao Tzu. When I let go of what I am, I become what I might be. And uh, I think that's, you know, don't, don't, be, don't be stuck in your ways, right? Don't hold yourself back and keep finding better, you know? Yeah, I think, I love that, keep finding better. So I think teachers, and me included, can get in our heads of playing the role of a teacher, and then mm-hmm. that sort of solidifies and says, well, I'm just, I'm just a teacher. So I'm just doing what a teacher does. And like, I like this quote, when I let go of what I am, like what I think of a teacher, I can embrace what I might be. Mm-hmm. And the reality is it might be a better teacher. Yeah. But we got to be willing to let go of what we know and the comfort of that security of playing the role of a teacher. Let's be a teacher. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Well, Adam, thank you so much for coming on. I always love having you. Thanks for having me. No problem. Everyone else, uh, just a huge thanks for being part of the Well-Played community. Hope you check out Explore Like a Pirate's Twitter chat, which is Tuesdays at 9 Central Standard Time, using the hashtag XPLAP. And as Adam pointed out, there are some great pedagogies out there for you to try. Definitely check out Edu Protocols. They have now, I think they're up to three books. One's like a math one, and then there's two standard ones. Is that true, Adam? That is true, yes. So definitely yep. check those out. And obviously, would love it if you joined and supported uh, John and I's work on EMC2 Learning. We'd love to have you there. That would be fabulous. All right, everybody. Enjoy your week and play on.